Welcome to Mind Love Premium, episode 72. Today's episode is all about asking the universe for help. The universe knows best, and it's not my job to know how. So I am just putting out what I want and following inspiration and trusting that that's going to get me to where I want to go and that the process of how is going to be revealed one step at a time, however I'm ready to receive it, right? Because a lot of times we think, oh, in order to get to that thing, I need to know all the steps. But like, you only need one next step and then the next step and then the next step and then the next step. So how I navigate that now is with that strong core belief and with a lot of faith. (laughs) A lot of faith. (laughs) Hello, love. If you haven't subscribed yet, hit that cute little button. Subscribing, sharing, and five-star reviews are really a great way to give back if you find this show helpful. They help the show climb the charts, which helps me get even more amazing guests for you. And now on to the show. When you want something... All the universe conspires in helping you achieve it. That quote is from Paul Coelho's The Alchemist, and it's one of my favorites. Earlier this week, in episode 219, I told you that loneliness has been a theme in my life. I have felt alone in my little world, even in a room full of people. Do you ever have those moments, though, where you just totally feel in your higher self? For me, I just feel like I'm radiating with love. Sometimes it can even feel magical. In those moments, I don't feel alone. I feel like the whole universe is not just with me, but within me. It's hard to explain, but my energy just feels all-encompassing, connected. The last few years, during those times when loneliness creeps in, I remind myself that it's just an illusion. And sometimes just that reminder helps me shift. Because the truth is, Loneliness comes from separation, and none of us are really separate. We're all one. Aspects are fragments of each other. Aspects are fragments of God having a human experience. Which is why or how the universe conspires in helping you achieve what you want. Almost like everything is a quilt of connected energy. So my desire reverberates throughout the entire universe. And my desire creates a wave, setting things into motion from both ends. Think about the power of that. That's why so many episodes come back to remembering who you really are, how the universe really works, the power that you really have. How can any of us be lonely knowing the entire universe has your back? But I get it. It's hard to really internalize. Our whole lives have been conditioned with different information. Our egos scream about separation and unfairness and how we're unlucky or the world is against us. So we stay in our egos and we strengthen these beliefs and the beliefs shape our realities. And then all we see is proof of our separateness. So I'm not telling you your experience isn't real. I know how real it feels. What I'm saying is, in my experience, reality shifts drastically based on what I believe about myself and this realm that I'm in. Before I actually changed my life, I started by shifting my beliefs. Sometimes it's easier than others, but they all follow a similar process. New thought, new action, new evidence, new beliefs. New thought, new action, new evidence, new beliefs. Everything starts with just a thought. 
A lot of these thoughts are already habits, so they'll just keep coming up until we consciously intervene. So I have to choose a new thought. And sometimes I have to choose it over and over again until it stops feeling like bullshit. Then eventually, that new thought inspires a new action. Maybe I finally stop holding myself back from a goal because my new thought is that it's possible rather than it isn't, or that I'm worthy of it rather than I'm not. And that new action builds new evidence. I start to see that it's possible rather than just telling myself that it's possible. Or I see that I'm worthy rather than that I'm not. So my new action creates results that back up my new thought. And with this new evidence, I start to believe that it's possible and believe that I'm worthy. And this whole process is a whole lot easier when you trust that you're not going at it alone. When you know that you can just ask the universe for help. And today we're going to be talking about how to do all that. And our guest is Kelsey Ada. She's the host of the podcast High Vibe In It, which I was recently a guest on. And she's also the author of Letters to the Universe. And she does one-on-one coaching and retreats as well. So three key things we will learn are how to identify what's holding you back energetically, why you should never judge your desires, and how to release the how in manifestation. I have always been someone who's prioritized wellness. Well, at least what I understood about it at the time, which has definitely evolved. But now I live in a town where some of my conveniences just aren't as accessible as when I lived in L.A., Then I found Aloe Moves and my whole experience changed. I've been an avid yogi for 16 years, but frankly, I am just underwhelmed by most online yoga. Their flows are either too easy or not varied enough. Well, Aloe Moves has everything. Of course, they have an endless selection of beginner content since that is the category most people fall into, but they even have advanced and yoga teacher focused content. They are the only online platform that I can find that I can narrow down the time that I'm looking for precisely. Like, I have 38 minutes today. What you got? (laughs) They have something for every mood. Trying to get a good sweat? Try their award-winning workouts like sweat-inducing yoga flows, HIIT classes, or reformer Pilates workouts with or without weights. Or find stress relief with meditations, affirmations, face yoga, gua sha, dry brushing, and even journaling for those quiet moments. And when it comes to sleep, it's just as important as fitness and nutrition. Ever since I watched The Art of Sleep on Allo Moves, I've been falling asleep faster and staying asleep longer. So unlock your personal wellness routine with Allo Moves. Go to allomoves.com now and use code MINDLOVE for an exclusive 30-day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership. That's allomoves.com code MINDLOVE. allomoves.com code MINDLOVE. And now let's welcome Kelsey Ada to the show. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here. It's funny. I feel like you've already been on because I've been on your show and we're already best friends. So We are. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. You make me laugh. I love people who make me laugh. So give us a little background on you. Yeah. So my name is Kelsey Aida. Aida like the Italian opera. Fun fact. I am Italian, but the name, it actually comes from like my Mexican heritage origins. It's a name there too. It's also an Egyptian name. And I help people to own their power and win at life, especially via, well, these days I'm really into helping people through manifestation, energy blockages, loving themselves, healing their emotions, and just really, I guess I work a lot with 
energy, whether that's energy in someone's mind and their heart and their body and their emotions to help them get to where they want to go and live a really intentional, purposeful life that is in alignment with their values and their preferences. Talk about manifestation. What does manifestation mean to you? Because for a lot of people out there, it's like this buzzword. They don't know if it's real. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. To me, manifesting is bringing your dreams into reality, whether that's through the form of creating something with your hands or going towards an idea that you have or starting a company or bringing a baby into the world. Like manifestation is just turning your thoughts into experiences, whether it's energetically or through action or physically or otherwise. I appreciate that definition of it because so often, especially in the beginning of that spiritual journey, I feel like it's like this trap. Like when I first heard about manifestation, I was like, wait, so I could just make money appear and I don't have to do shit. This is so fun. (laughs) And then you're like in there and you're like, yeah, this doesn't work like this. Like it's not (laughs) appearing that great. (laughs) I know. And then, and I remember reading the secret and being like, oh my gosh, this is such a great book. I, I watched the movie. And then after a while, it, I love the concepts in it, but then it also, eventually made me feel disempowered because I wasn't getting all of the the steps to it. I do appreciate that she wrote more books that kind of elaborated on that. But I remember talking to a family member who was getting all into it and they're like, no, I can just manifest that. And I was like, you're kind of doing things opposite because you're not meeting it with action. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think there is a big trap of like, it's all energy. It's just going to show up at your doorstep. And I, I don't know if we said this on our podcast or if it was a different episode with some other guests, but they were like, yeah, unless it's pizza, it's probably not just going to show up at your door <laughs> when you want it. Like, <laughs> Usually there is some action, some co-creation involved because like, honestly, what fun would it be if you thought a thought and it just was there? Like if you were like, I want a milkshake and then it's there, like you would gain so much weight. Or if you were like, I want a billion dollars and it just landed in your bank account, then what are you going to do with the rest of your life? Like you can't even spend that much money. So it's like, there's a reason why we're involved in the creation because that part is actually fun. Even though sometimes we like to think that it's really hard and it's not fun. It's a struggle. And I just want it to happen already. Like you actually don't just want everything to just happen automatically. Otherwise, what would you spend your life doing? Yeah. Uh, That's how I view the law of attraction now. It used to be it's still magical. There's still a lot of magic it to it. It's still magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it used to be this this concept, like we're kind of talking about, where something would just appear, and I'm like, why isn't this working for me? And every now and then it would. Maybe it was a coincidence. Maybe that's exactly how it was supposed to work. Everything's always exactly how it's supposed to work. So, uh, I. But it was confusing because, like I said, I wasn't necessarily meeting it with the action. What I have learned over time was that a lot of that work, you know, the affirmations, the the identifying, the removing the blocks, all of those things, you're changing your own energy to make you more willing to get up and go doing do that thing, to make you more less likely to talk yourself out of it before it even happens. And then once you do start to shift your energy and you it's kind of like focusing on gratitude when you do that for a while, then you're not sitting there like, oh, my house isn't big enough. Oh, my husband does this. Oh, like I, all these things are wrong. You're training yourself to look at what is there, to look at the openings, to look at what's accessible, 
what opportunities are coming your way instead of rejecting them from the start. And I think that's where that's where manifestation comes in is we don't even realize that we're just sitting there rejecting these opportunities that are coming up with us because we're so focused on how it's not going to work. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And I'll add too that like the process of manifesting and being a deliberate co-creator of your life and making all these things happen energetically, action-wise, however you make it happen, it's a journey of becoming And it's really a process of learning how to feel how you want to feel. Because ultimately, the only reason we want to manifest any experience is because we think it's going to give us a feeling. And I always call this the genuine desire. So let's say if you want to manifest a million dollars because you think that will make you feel X, Y, and Z, those X, Y, and Z emotions are your genuine desire. The million dollars is like cool bonus. Like that's a fun way to feel those feelings. But like what you're really after is... X, Y, Z, the feelings that you think it's going to give you. So how can you start to bring those feelings more into your life now, right? Everyone's like, how can you feel abundant before the money shows up? There's tons of ways that abundance is all around that has nothing to do with money, but you're still going to feel the same warmth. You're still going to feel the same safety. You're still going to feel the same connection to the world around you that you would, let's say, maybe from that money, if that's even going to give you that feeling, which you're not going to know until you get it, right? So It's all about the journey of becoming the person who can receive and be in and have that lifestyle that you're asking for, whatever the creation is. And it's about learning how to master your emotions and feel things on purpose and be more intentional with your moment to moment experience because that's going to help you line up with what you want energetically because like energy attracts like energy. That's the whole thing of the law of attraction. And also then your manifestations are just a bonus of like, oh, cool. Now this thing showed up, but I'm already feeling how I wanted to feel. I thought I needed that thing to feel a certain way. But when you get really masterful at it, you don't need those things to feel how you want to feel. You just skip straight to the feeling and then the things come after as a bonus. A lot of times when I ask for what I want and say I was given that immediately, it's like when people win the lottery and then they're just as unhappy or sometimes more unhappy and then they end up losing it all, <laughs> whatever it is. It's like you weren't ready for that. You thought this thing was going to fix your problem, but that's not what was actually going to fix your problem. Doing this work is the process of discovering what that thing is. And we think that we know it from our small little ego selves, but a lot of times we have no idea. I'm I'm reminded of Ford's quote, like if you, if I had asked the people what they wanted, they would have asked for a faster horse. (laughs) Right. They don't know. (laughs) It's like, I always say the universe knows best, right? Like be open to what you think that you want, but like also there could be something better. Like for example, people are always trying to manifest being with a specific person. Like, oh, I want to manifest being married to this person. It's like, okay, first of all, that person might already be married to someone else or they're not available for you or that's not even your best person. Like the universe has access to billions of people. Why are you making it that it has to be this one specific person? Like figure out what the qualities that you like about that person, how they make you feel and get excited about that, not them, you know? So I'm always saying stay open because the universe knows best because truly your life, the universe, God, the powers that be are so much more resource than we are from our small ego mind, human perspective, right? And the universe knows 
the quickest, fastest, most efficient way to get you to where you want to go. And if you insist that it has to be a certain way, a certain person, a certain amount of money, a certain job, you are just making it slower, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it's like those details and even the how it's going to happen. It's like, no, just yes, focus on the, the how the being and then just see what comes to you be open to receiving so that when it does come you see that it's come because that's another problem is like a lot of times the things come and we're so busy and what we thought it was supposed to look like that we don't see it and we miss the whole opportunity i'm wondering you i love how you uh, differentiated between asking for what you want versus asking for how you want to feel because that does open us up and it brings so much more clarity i'm wondering how do you identify what you want when it comes to something more practical, like possibly a business goal? Do you do the same thing where you're like, this is how I want to feel in my business? And you're like, I don't know what, like, like, is there steps to take? Do you have two different versions of that? (laughs) Well, so for example, if I want to manifest something in my business, so let's say I'm a coach, I want to manifest five clients per month. Okay. How do I think I'm going to feel when I have five clients per month? I think I'm going to feel like I'm helping five people in the world. That's really exciting. That makes me feel excited. I feel like I'm making this much money, which covers all my stuff. So that makes me feel really safe. I feel like that's not too much for me. So I feel relaxed in my business. Like I'm not overdoing it. So yeah, it would still be the same process of diving into the feelings and then working with that. And I always ask myself and my clients like, what's stopping you from feeling like that right now? And don't say it's because you don't have the five clients. Okay, that's a cop out. (laughs) You're like, well, I don't feel like that because I don't have five clients. No, what is really stopping you in your day-to-day life from accessing those feelings? Let's remove some of those blockages. And also, what can you add into your experience to support those feelings? So it's kind of a game of addition and subtraction, like very logical process that you can do with your days, with your hours, with your weeks, with your months. And eventually that just adds up to your whole life. When you are going through this process for your own for your own self, what does it look like for you when your limiting beliefs pop up and how do you identify them in the moment? Yeah. So usually I ask questions to bring them out of the sneaky, dark parts of my mind because like it's hard to get into your own blind spots and sometimes you don't realize that you have certain limiting beliefs. So I'll ask myself questions like, is there any part of me that doesn't want what I'm saying that I want? So in this example, if let's say if I'm a coach trying to manifest five new clients, is there any part of me that doesn't want five new clients? And some part might be like, uh, me, we don't like working with people or like that's too many or whatever. Like that's a really interesting way that beliefs can come up. Or is there anything that I feel like would be wrong or bad or would this experience somehow make my life worse? That's a good way to figure out limiting beliefs. And you can also just like prompt yourself in a journal. Like, do I have any limiting beliefs around working with people, around making money, around my business? And then just be open to seeing what comes up and be so open that you're not self-critical, self-shaming and self-censoring as you let the beliefs come up. What was your biggest limiting belief that came up that like is the one that you recall where you're like, oh my God, that one cracked me wide open. And when I identified that, uh, things were different. Yeah. I have, a, I mean, I've had a lot. Obviously I'm a person. I have very many <laughs> limiting beliefs like everybody, but 
I used to struggle a lot in my love life and I had so, not so many, but I had a lot of impactful back-to-back quote-unquote like failed relationships or tough situations or heartbreak. And that really led me to form a belief of like, I'm too much. It's impossible for me to get my needs met. I'll never be happy in a relationship. A lot of detrimental stories. And I was just making all these Everything that happened to me, I was making it mean that. That was the meaning that I was assigning to it. That wasn't necessarily the truth of the situation or my life. I was just making it mean like, I'm never going to be happy. I'm never going to be able to get my needs met. And that was something that was hard to work through because when you only have evidence to support your limiting belief, you're like, how can I open myself up to believing anything else when this is all I've experienced? But that's usually where a coach or a guide or a shaman or a mentor or someone can come in handy to remind you that like there are possibilities outside of your beliefs. And when you can just open yourself to the possibility and be like, hey, universe, hey, life, hey, brain, I want to notice what would support a new belief that I would rather have, which is it is possible for me to get my needs met. It is possible for me to be happy in a relationship. Then I started looking at happy friends, happy couples, people who were getting their needs met and be like, well, if they, if they can do it, then why can't I do it? They're just a person. I'm just a person. Like I have to be open to this possibility that that could be me, that that could work out for me. So that's one example or like, oh my gosh, I'm trying to think of like a really recent fresh one. Cause that's kind of like an older one, but it was really big for me. A more recent one. Oh my gosh. It was about success and like, whatever. This is a good one. So I realized that I had this belief that if I make too much money, I will be bored. If I make too much money, I'll just have all the money and I'll be bored. That belief. (laughs) And I'll have nothing to do and nothing to create. And I'm just going to be so bored with all my money. And when I just even like wrote that down, I was like, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. And a lot of times just looking at it is enough for it to not be an issue for you anymore. Like when you can see the belief and realize that's ridiculous, it just drops itself. And then it's not a problem anymore. But sometimes there's a little more reworking that has to be done like in the first example that I gave, but a lot of times just identifying it is the magic key. Right. I have noticed too that I see a belief completely different when it's out of my head and onto paper, whether or it doesn't even have to be on paper. I use the Otter app a lot and I'll just Mm -hmm. like speak things and then it'll be transcribed. And I'm always like, I'm going to do something with these transcriptions, but I totally (laughs) never do. (laughs) Maybe in a museum one day when you're like famous for all your life's work, someone will be like, these were her Otter notes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You sound like my husband. I'm like, we were moving for like the fifth time and I'm like, do we have to bring your 97 journals from when you were like, <laughs> like 21, this one journal I peeked in and it's literally only about every time you hooked up with a girl. Like, why do you want this? Like, who's going to reread this? It's like, well, one day I'll sell them on eBay when I make it really big. I'm like, no, oh my no, gosh. no. I wouldn't even want Steve Jobs journal of his like 21 year old hookups. Like, <laughs> that's epic. Yeah. So getting it outside of my head, I'm like, wait, that's been the belief that's been driving my behavior this whole time. Like that's crazy. My my big one that I've mentioned a bunch of times on this show, but it was big and I did not know that it was driving me was I realized I had this belief that I was too ADD to finish anything. I didn't always hold that belief. I knew that I was 
I had been accused of having ADD a ton back in school, but I was also a high achiever, so I would hyper-focus on school. So it was never like this belief that ADD was a detriment until I got into college when I was also spiraling, self-sabotaging, and then I was like, ah, I can't do anything. And then it was just this belief, and I did not finish anything until I uncovered that and then the moment I did, that's when I that's when I launched my podcast and everything's pretty much been different from then. But yes. why do you think that is where sometimes these beliefs we aren't even consciously aware of and it just sort of instills inside of us <laughs> and we don't even know. And what is it about just that awareness that can crack it open? Yeah, I think a lot of the beliefs start as coping mechanisms and we just don't take the time to like monitor the expiration date of such coping mechanisms. <laughs> so like all beliefs that we hold, it's because it helped us in one way or another at some time, right? It didn't just appear out of nowhere for no reason. Like these beliefs have a reason for me to believe that I can't get my needs met was like a way to try and protect myself from future hurt of like, oh, well, why would I even try if I already know it's not going to work, then I just won't be disappointed. I'm going to save myself from that pain. And I'm just going to accept this horrible reality instead, right? So it was trying to serve a purpose, it had a good intention for existing. But we just don't usually take the time to find them and sift through them and work through them or release them or give them the love that they need to not be a thing anymore. And that's why I'm so passionate about this work and helping people one-on-one -on -one and doing my retreats and all these books and everything that I'm doing is just like, let's get curious about ourselves because this is a way to optimize your life. Like we don't need those beliefs anymore. You did at some point. Now you don't. Let's do the Marie Kondo thing. Bless it. I love you. Thank you for the time you had in my life. And adios in the garbage you go. One of the things that I find come used to come up a lot for me was I'd identify something and then I'd be working through it. And then I'd, I'd be like, oh, God, I can't believe that's what was holding me back, that stupid thing. And then I'd like get on myself for this limiting belief because I couldn't believe it. Or we do it in a lot of different things. Like, oh my God, that was holding me back this whole time or this argument with a friend and, and we start to beat ourselves up. But that judgment I've found is just another way that decreases that energy that keeps you stuck. And now you've got this other limiting thing that you don't even realize you're just self-perpetuating. Well, and that habit of self-judgment and placing criticism on things we've already done is another mechanism, another strategy to try to avoid pain. So the part of you that does that and is like, oh, I'm so stupid. I can't believe I did that. The part of you that's trying to criticize you into never doing that again is trying to save you from making mistakes, future pain, repeating cycles. So when you can see that pure positive intention of the detrimental habit, you actually can shift your focus from, oh my God, I hate that I do this to, oh, I get why I do this. And also I don't need to anymore. <laughs> Does that right. make sense? This is a lot of what I do with my one-on-one -on -one clients, not my radical self-love retreats is like these detrimental parts of us that are very saboteur in nature and are seem evil, the inner critic, the anxiety, these parts of us that we don't like and are so hard to relate to within ourselves. Like they actually are always trying to help you because it's impossible for you to truly be against yourself. 
Mm-hmm. It's actually impossible for you to be against yourself. So once you realize that and you can get curious, hmm, when did I start doing this? How is this habit trying to help me? What is it trying to protect me from? What does it want for me in my life? When you can start asking these questions, you realize like the pure positive intentions and you're like, oh, my anxiety is just trying to help me not get in a car crash. Oh, my inner critic is trying to help me not get criticized by other people. When you realize these things, you're just like, oh, and then you can just give it like a hug and then not listen to it anymore. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for your intentions. But I'm not listening. (laughs) Right. If there's one topic that keeps coming up in my women's circles, it's our hormones. Frankly, I think that between years of birth control or beauty products that mess with endocrine function, a lot of us are just out of whack. Estro Control is a formula developed by Happy Mammoth, a supplement company dedicated to making women's lives easier. It has science-backed herbal extracts that help support hormonal health, especially in women who suffer from PMS. The way EstroControl eases PMS is pretty interesting. The ingredients support the liver, and that's where our hormones get processed, especially estrogen. So when the estrogen isn't processed well in the liver, women may start having PMS, spots on the skin, they get cravings, they feel low all of a sudden. Estro Control was created to help women feel like themselves all throughout the month because PMS can basically rob us of a week of our lives every month. Totally not fair. Estro Control is made specifically for women who are premenopausal, so it's perfect for women that haven't entered menopause yet. And in fact, it's amazing for perimenopause when hormones start to fluctuate and PMS can turn into a beast. I have been relearning myself postpartum. I just started my period again when my baby was 10 months and I forgot how wild these hormone changes can be. I wanted something to just maintain optimal hormone levels and help with mild mood swings. And Estro Control is perfect for this. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com with promo code mindlove at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use promo code mindlove for 15% off your first order. Americans spend an average of 90% of their time indoors and take about 20,000 breaths a day. And get this, the indoor air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air, and in some cases up to 100 times more polluted, according to the EPA. And did you know that air pollution is responsible for nearly 7 million premature deaths globally? So what's the solution? Two words living intentionally. We have to take full responsibility for every area of our lives, including our health, which also includes our air. And that's why I love my air doctor. As a reminder, when you support my sponsors, you also support the show. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants, so your lungs don't have to. This includes pollutants like allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mite, spores, and even bacteria and viruses. I live in the mountains, and our air is pretty great. When I drive home, I can witness myself rising above the cloud of pollution that covers the rest of Southern California. But I know that even in the mountains, my home traps in the contaminants that my family brings inside. Plus, just sleeping one night with my air doctor, I could actually feel the difference. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day breathe-easy money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. So head to Air Doctor Pro and use promo code MIND, and depending on the model, you'll get up to $300 off. You're saving up to $300. Lock this special offer by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use promo code MIND. That's promo code M-I-N-D.
And now for another episode of Lies We've Been Told About Our Health. We've all heard we need eight glasses of water a day, right? Well, hydration isn't actually about water intake. It's about the balance of water and electrolytes so that our bodies are actually absorbing the water instead of just passing it through. A lot of people go for those sugary sports drinks, but let's be real, those do more harm than good. I've found a better solution. Element. It's a zero-sugar electrolyte drink that's all about effective hydration. Each pack gives you essential electrolytes like sodium and potassium without the unnecessary additives found in other drinks. The team behind Element includes experts in biochemistry and nutrition, so they really know what they're doing. And it's not just for everyday use either. Elite athletes and teams, Olympic weightlifters, CrossFit champions, Navy SEALs, all rely on it too, which to me says a lot about its effectiveness. Here's what makes them really unique. They recently launched a hot chocolate line with flavors like chocolate mint, chocolate chai, and chocolate raspberry. Ever since I went alcohol-free, I've been really intentional about luxurious, health-focused drinks so I can sit back and unwind while actually doing good for my body. And the Element Chocolate Chai is great for relaxing in the evening or warming up after winter sports. And you can try Element totally risk-free. If you don't like it, you'll get your money back, no questions asked. Receive a free Element sample pack with any order when you purchase through drinkelement.com slash mindlove. That's drinklmnt.com slash mindlove to get a free starter pack with any order. It's helpful for me to detach from those voices and realize like that's not myself. That's like the, all the mechanisms within this human body that I'm inhabiting right now. And seeing it as just a vehicle makes it so much easier. Like I've made so many <laughs> really faulty decisions in my past, like, like some really big ones, you know, and, and there are moments even now where if I'm not careful, if I'm in a low state, like those thoughts can come up where it's just like, God, you wasted those years or like just this one decision differently could have changed so much. You could be so much further ahead than that than you are now. But I, I remind myself that number one, this is just a vehicle. So whatever self I'm looking at, that's not me. That was the body that I was in with all of her like ego patterns and the right, suffering like that she was like, version yeah, that was identifying with. And I was in the process of removing the layers and thank God that shit show of a life, <laughs> that girl back there that was doing all that crazy stuff with as many patterns as she had and as many beliefs that she had and as many wrong decisions that she was making, she was making enough right decisions to get me to where I am and to get me on this path that led me to the person that I am today. And do I think the person that I am today is the person that I'm going to be tomorrow? Nope. Because I'm still in the process of that. Like, like for me, what I'm really focused on is disidentifying. Like I was just saying to someone earlier today that for so long I was rewriting my story because I had had all these beliefs. I viewed my life in a certain way. And then I rewrote it to be empowering and to get me on this path. But now I'm on the path of like not identifying, like who am I without all the stories? What would that be? And how much would that open me up to a higher purpose like we were talking about earlier where I think I'm going this way, but what if I let go of all of it? Where would I be then? Yeah, that's a fun that's a fun game to play. I like your explorative nature is that a word explorative curious is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> adventurous I guess <laughs> I think that's great that's fun it's cool how when we get to certain 
phases in our journey or certain chapters, how we're just like, I'm going to try this today and this year and this couple of chapters and see how it goes. I'm just curious, you know? <laughs> how do you work through the feelings of like, I need something else in order for this to happen, whether it's like more money or like another person on your team. How do you work through that just to get yourself in alignment with what's supposed to be? Yeah, well, I have built up the strong belief in my foundation now, and anyone can adopt this or not if you want to, that the universe knows best and it's not my job to know how. So I am just putting out what I want, and then I'm following inspiration and trusting that that's going to get me to where I want to go and that the process of how is going to be revealed like one step at a time, however I'm ready to receive it, right? Because a lot of times we think, oh, in order to get to that thing, I need to know all the steps, but like you only need one next step and then the next step and then the next step and then the next step. So I guess how I navigate that now is with that strong core belief and with a lot of faith. <laughs> a lot of faith. Because <laughs> right. it's hard to see how things are going to happen when you don't know. That's where the faith comes in. That's where the trust comes in. You got to flex those trust muscles. Oh my gosh. And and I feel like I'm, in the last couple of years, I've been thrown back to the beginning because when I was first learning this stuff, it was about my life. Like really, it was only about my life. Everything else was going as it should. And then a couple years ago, for a lot of us, everything flipped on its head to where we're like, well, can I even manifest for myself right now? Like, what's the world going to be like? Can I travel next month? Like, <laughs> right. like am I going to be allowed to have children? What are they, <laughs> What's going to be stripped from me? <laughs> you know? And right. so when you're feeling overwhelmed about like everything else, how do you bring back that empowerment? Because so often it feels like it relies on everything else to change in order for you to get to this place. Yeah. In order for me to go from overwhelm to empowerment, I process the overwhelm and I naturally come back to empowerment. Because I think when we're in those low vibrational states, those heavy emotions, those uncomfortable feelings, they are an invitation to be with ourselves in a really unconditionally present way so that those emotions can clear, heal, process themselves. And on the other side of that, which we don't give ourselves the time to do a lot of times, on the other side of that, you naturally bounce back up to a higher vibrational place where you can have more thoughts of optimism, hope, excitement. So it's really like a vibrational game of riding the wave and carrying the least amount of resistance possible. So for example, what I used to do was resist feeling overwhelmed, be mad that I was overwhelmed, not let myself feel overwhelmed, make it wrong that I was feeling overwhelmed. And then I was never able to process it or move past it because I was so busy resisting it the whole time. But now that I realize that resistance is not the way, it's really, it's really a hard efforting way to use your energy, especially for a long period of time. When I'm experiencing something uncomfortable, I make it okay to be uncomfortable. And honestly, because I'm practiced at this now. So in as little of as a few minutes, I can breathe through it, watch the energy move through my body. And I'm back up like high vibe in it, feeling great, feeling ready, feeling optimistic. And sometimes it takes a couple hours. Sometimes it takes a day. Sometimes I got to sleep it off. But it's really a practice of non-resistance, 
unconditional, like being with myself and my emotions unconditionally in a really like nurturing, holding space way. And then just naturally rising back up once that clears. One thing that was helpful for me that I felt like I needed to differentiate when I was learning to feel the feelings and to like actually let them pass through me. The pitfall of it was I wasn't focused as much on the feeling as I was adding to the story. And so there's a difference between sitting there and being like, okay, like say I'm going to use an easy example. Say you've got broken up with and you're sitting there and you're like, oh my God, I miss him so much. And I can't believe he broke up with me. And this is what our life could have been. And these are all the reasons. And I wonder who he's dating. Like if if that's how you're feeling the feelings, like I don't want to tell you that you're doing it wrong, but you're kind of doing it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I get what you're saying. In my coaching sessions and with myself, it's more about connecting to the physiological sensation of the emotion and not so much going down the rabbit hole of the story. If you want to have a self-indulgent moment and go down the rabbit hole of the story, fine. That's fine, but it might cause more suffering. So if you want to have less suffering and just be with the pain, like the isolated, uncomfortable sensation, that I find is much more manageable and much easier because heartbreak could feel like you're laying there and you're just noticing how heavy your chest feels. You're noticing how close your shoulders are. You're noticing that your heart feels like it dropped into your stomach. Like those, that's the actual emotion in your body. All the thoughts and all the stories and all the narratives are meanings that you're assigning to your life, to the situation, to the emotion. And some of the most detrimental meanings we assign when we're in pain are, I feel sad and that means that I'm always going to feel sad. I got broken up with and that means I'm not worthy. I'm heartbroken and that means I'll never be happy or I'll never find anyone or I lost my opportunity. We assign really detrimental meanings. But when you can isolate the experience of your emotion to the motion of the energy in your body, watching and experiencing and holding space for that, it's much, much easier to process your feelings. Right. It's like, you can always look at something through another lens. And I don't think uh, it's it's sometimes difficult to realize depending on how I call the adding to the story ego masturbation. <laughs> You're just stroking it, stroking it until you pop off. And uh, yeah, there's only so much that can come of that. But it's like uh, I'm reminded of, I used to have a friend that was like, it was the perfect friend to have at that time because it was such a highlight of how you can look at experiences in completely different ways. And I will give it to her. She was going through stuff at the time and I was not, I was kind of on the other end of it and we'd be in the same situation with the same people. And then we'd walk away and I'd be like, man, I love those people. And she'd be like offended by them. She'd be like, (laughs) Oh my God, they were making fun of my boyfriend's accent. And I was like, what? Nobody makes fun of a British accent. Everyone loved his accent. That's why they were talking about it. Like, what do you mean? Like, he almost, that one guy almost fought my boyfriend. I was like, we were all there and none of us saw that. And so, but at that time, there were other things that I was blind to, just not those particular social situations. And so at that time, you know, the beginning of spiritual journey where you're so easily able to point, you're like, you need a different lens for this. <laughs> not seeing that the reason I was witnessing all of this was so I can see the lens from of all these other things that were just a, in a little bit darker corners for me. So reminding myself of that when I'm like, oh my God, this is what's happening. Like, this is what's happening in the world. This is what's happening in my, in the argument I just had in the kitchen or like 
with my mother and then stopping. And I've been really diving back into Byron Katie lately and just being like, is that true? Sweet. I, I hear her little voice. Can you be Sweet. absolutely <laughs> Sweetheart, is that really true? Can you absolutely know that that's true? And I'm like, no, but I want it to be true because it feels good because I'm stroking my ego right now. And it's like, we don't even realize it feels good. It actually feels terrible, but there's just this part of us that's just like, can't stop. <laughs> yes, that is a great, great analogy story example and I really wish especially this day and age that people would realize like how different all of our perspectives are based on our life experience our beliefs our programming our brain what we're eating where we've lived our families growing up our parents like everybody sees it through a different lens and if we could like really respect that about each other and try to understand why someone's lens is like that or how they're seeing it, I feel like the world would be such a different place right now. <laughs> right? Especially what I remind myself is that we are all aspects of God trying to experience itself, you know? Yes. And so if we were all believing the same things and making the same choices, we wouldn't have a full experience. So it's like looking at Karen across the street that's doing all the things totally opposite of me and like <laughs> I was gonna name examples but no nope, that would be judgy <laughs> and her name's not really Karen so I'm not putting anyone on blast but just being like thank you Karen thank you for doing that one because I don't want to choose that path <laughs> like yeah I, I don't want to occupy like what they're doing yeah. Thank you for occupying Karen because I don't want to. And so before you had experienced like the magic of a new outlook of doing this work, because now it's like, it's it's easier to keep the faith when you're like, okay, I know I've been here before and everything worked out as it was supposed right, right, to. Right. When you first start though, and you don't have as much evidence to back up your claims, how do you keep the faith? Great question. I honestly feel like Okay, I'm going to flip this back around so we can get deeper into this question. So what's wrong with not having faith? It depends on how you experience a lack of faith, I suppose. Is your lack yeah, of faith hopelessness? I guess like, yeah, I guess hopelessness, despair, depression. I would say worst case scenario, like you're suicidal, right? Like we obviously want to avoid ending your life prematurely. So I can speak from when I was depressed, Okay. When I was in the bottom of the bottoms and I was entertaining how suicide would just be so much better and I would finally have relief and yada, yada, whatever, whatever. I feel like sometimes you have to go through that in order to realize your capacity to feel and your resilience. Like you can't experience true resilience without being down before you get up, right? There has to be that contrast in order to build the strength to realize how strong and how you can survive anything, how strong you are and how you can survive anything. So I think it's almost like an unfair expectation to assume that we can always have faith. Like that's hard. You're not always going to have faith and that's okay. But I think in those moments when you're really down, when you're at the bottom, 
that's your choice point. And like, I'm going to get dark here. And your choice is like, do I want to end this suffering in this way that I think will end the suffering? Or do I want to figure out a better way to live? Like, those are your two options. And I know for me personally, I chose, I want to figure out how to live first, or at least try first before I just give up on living, you know? So I would say it's okay if you don't always have the faith because it will come through the hardship. And if you want to build the faith, you have to try it out first, (laughs) I guess is the best answer. Like, how can you know if it's going to work out or not unless you give it time to see? You have to be curious, like, oh, I wonder if it's worth having faith. Let's try and see. I love that. And I I really think it's easier to get to that place when you first start at that allowing the emotions to pass through you. Because if you're holding all of that into your body and emboldening them with all of the stories, it is you're choosing your lens by doing that. You're choosing you're choosing at that moment. And so to release first and then just just for kicks, like let's just try a different way because obviously the way that we're doing is not working, then it becomes at least just a little game until you de- decide to and revisit if you have, that. And if you have nothing to lose, then what's the harm in playing the game? A little bit longer, you know? And to go back to the like, darkest, most extreme example of like if you are suicidal, I think it's just like the reason why we want to end our lives is because we believe that we're going to feel like that forever. And the thought of being stuck in that emotion forever is so unbearable. And also it's very untrue because honestly, you can't stay in one emotional state forever unless you're resisting it forever (laughs) because emotions change, energy moves, your life changes, circumstances change. Like, what I think what people who are really in that space need to hear from other people is like, you're not going to feel like this forever. Like, I know you don't believe me, but you just got to trust me on this one. Like no experience is permanent. And that was something that really helped me because when I was depressed, I had this like miracle moment, epiphany mindset shift of like, I didn't always feel like this. So why am I assuming I'm always going to feel like this? this must be a temporary experience. This is not who I am. I didn't always feel like this. So obviously I can access other states of emotion. And being able to break free from the belief of like, I am this depression to like, I'm temporarily experiencing this horribly uncomfortable (laughs) sensation in my body, these evil thoughts in my mind, like that's different. And then you can consciously ride out the wave a little bit easier. I realized that my depression was a habit. And that sounds like it's minimizing it because I know how hard it was to like remember that I felt differently before or like the ideas that come to your mind tend to be ideas that maintain whatever vibration that you're that you're in. And so it's like, yeah, because that's what you're a vibrational match to, right? If you're feeling depressed, you're going to have thoughts that are hopeless and sad and depressed. Like that's what you're a match to. That's like science. You know, it's okay. You can't help that. (laughs) Right. And so you're like, oh, I think it would be a great idea to scroll through my ex-boyfriend's new girlfriend's Facebook page. You know, you're like, you're like, that's not, no. Make myself even more miserable. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And so those reminders are so powerful. And a couple things that helped me was the moving the emotions through your body key, not 
like reminding yourself not to add to the story. So even sometimes like just playing with your imagination to create a whole nother story that doesn't even have to do with you, (laughs) you know, like whatever it takes to get yourself out of that loop. And for me, that actually looks like movement. So I would do a little bit of yoga and just get myself out of that space before I try to have these, these thoughts. But one of the things I do now, because it's like, it's like choosing to put that life raft on the cruise ship before you cruise out before you need it. I write (laughs) down all of my, like I create powerless and it's like, these are the things that I know make me feel better. I know it's going to sound terrible. You you can even write that at the top of the page. This will sound terrible when you need it, but just (laughs) trust me. And so it's like, okay, fine. I will pull some movement out of that. I will scream into a pillow. I will uh, dance like everyone's watching. I I dance better when people are watching and uh, (laughs) whatever it is. So Thank you so much for everything that you've brought to this and and just for giving such clear-cut ways to move through stale energies that might not be serving us so that we can actually consciously create a life that we want. So for listeners that are like high vibing with you and, and want to learn how to work with you and what you're up to, where's the best place for them to connect? Yeah, so everything, every way to connect with me is at kelseyaida.com, which I'm sure you'll link to in the show notes. And as far as like the manifesting piece, I just released a new book. Well, technically it's a manifestation journal called Letters to the Universe that I would really recommend diving into if you're resonating with the part of the conversation where we were talking about identifying how you want to feel, your genuine desires. Why don't I feel like that now? What am I willing to do to change my circumstances? Yada, yada. It's a very interactive process of conscious creation of your life. And there's some, there's like brainstorming questions in the book, in the journal that help you sift through resistance and limiting beliefs. And a lot of the stuff we talked about is in there. So I would recommend that book for anyone who wanted to dive deeper into that information. And if you guys want to work with me one-on-one, I do coaching work with people who feel called to me. And usually like, if you know, you know, it's like you feel a strong call and that's just how you know. You don't even know what we're going to do. You're just like, I just need to work with her. So that can all be found on my website. And also I'm hosting a retreat in October, a self-love retreat for women where we do a lot of healing work, emotional processing, sharing our stories, just coming together as women for the common purpose of healing, elevating, manifesting, clearing, hang out in Mexico. So that's also a fun way to work with me, probably like the funnest way. And it comes with coaching, which is something cool about my retreats. So all the links for this episode will be at mindlove.com slash x72. Your challenge for this week is to just ask the universe for help. You don't need to know anything beyond that. I guess the first step would be to get clarity on what it is that you're asking for help for. I don't think most of us realize that that's the number one thing we're lacking is clarity. It's like we want something more. We feel dissatisfied. So we sit in that dis-ease And all that plays in our heads is want, 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 but we don't know what and we don't know why. We just feel that we're lacking. And all that is, is carrying the energy of lack. So guess what happens? You attract more lack. But once you start to get clarity on what it is that you actually want and why you want it, and you feel that in your body as though it's already coming to you, it's on its way to you. It's not that you don't have it. You're excited because you can practically taste it and see that Amazon Prime van coming up to deliver your desire. (laughs) 
It's the trust that creates the energy that you hold in your body. And it's that energy that attracts more of a similar energy. So is the universe going to conspire to give you more lack? Or is the universe going to conspire to bring you the abundance that you already feel? And that's the hard part, is already feeling it. And that's where all of the mindset tools come in, is to feel good right here, right now, just as you are, just with what you have. So let me know how it goes. Reach out to me on Instagram at mindlovemelissa or leave a comment right on this show notes page at mindlove.com slash x72. The best way to support Mindlove if you happen to love this show is by joining Mindlove Premium at mindlove.com slash premium. You can also support one of my amazing sponsors for a list of the ones that I have right now. Go to mindlove.com slash sponsors. Or the free ways to support the show is by leaving a five-star review in Apple Podcasts or by sharing the show with a friend or taking a screenshot and sharing it on social media. You can tag Mind Love Melissa and Mind Love Podcast. And that's all for today. So thanks for giving your mind a little love today and I'll see you next time.